everybody. Welcome back to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Adam Atkins. So we're going to start a series on diet methodology. Huge topic, tough to get in five to seven minute shots, but we're going to we're gonna give it our best. And I think even though we have a lot of content already and probably some features in some of these realms, hopefully we'll give you some highlights here. Adam, starting with what I think is everybody's first kind of go-to, you want to lean into something that's aggressive. And so, so many people want to start with low carb or keto or modified keto, one of those classifications. And uh, even a client of mine who just, this is very unique for me, but somebody said, I want to hire you just for training. I think I've got my nutrition in tow. I'm fine there. I do low carb. I'm good. And I'm like, you know, we'll see. Because then I saw a lot of things in her history and in her food intake. And I'm like, that is just not optimal. So knowing that we've covered a lot of this in the past, when you see pure keto or modified bodybuilding type keto, what, what's your first thought in terms of, are there some real benefits to this? Is there some value or is it just a total no-go? Yeah, that's the great question. And gosh, we're in the world of social media where someone clicks on a post, sees someone get results, and that's what they want to do. And uh, so for me, you know, and I get clients that come to me from this background, you know, what context is it used and why are they doing this? Uh, you know, I have a few clients with autoimmune diseases that keto seems to be pretty helpful for their symptoms, um, digestive issues, things of that nature. Uh, but other than that, if they're doing it as a lifestyle, like ideology and not really tracking their macros, that seems to be what a lot of people do. They just eat a bunch of meat, and a bunch of fats and think that they're good at the end of the day, but little do they know it's just how caloric those fats are that they're consuming, which is taking them out of the deficit. So the context really is important. Uh, I do love it for certain digestive cases. It's not that high fats are the end all be all because, you know, you could be eating a certain vegetable that's causing you know, gut dysbiosis that's giving you an issue. But if you really are taking things with a fine tooth comb through somebody's programming and finding what those triggering things are, sometimes keto can be used. But my goal isn't to keep it on there forever. It's to fix the gut issue, move them into a, you know, carbohydrate diet. Usually I do a low FODMAP with a digestive issue too. But um, yeah, I know that's a lot, but context is really key on why you're doing it. Also, do you even like eating that way? Anyhow, you know, do you hate eating fats? And if you do, why do it that way? Yeah, context is critical, as you said, goals are critical, and then definitions are. So again, pure keto is 90% fat, low protein, zero carbs. And even people like Dominique D'Agostino, a huge researcher in this, is just last year re releasing research showing that even for people with epilepsy and stage four cancer and those, those medical conditions that you may find this more favorable for, there is a threshold tolerance level. And you don't have to be zero carbs. You can just creep up to a line where you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. And then you start tiptoeing over that edge. And... And those people do better because you get some carbs. And as we know, speaking of context, if you're doing this because you want to get the leanest, 
and you want to spare muscle tissue and you want to uh, push away undue metabolic suppression, keto is not for you. Carbs, once minimum protein requirements are met, are more anabolic and more metabolic. So every single inpatient study ever done will show that it's only the non-inpatient self-report studies that even give keto, uh, obviously due to error in reporting, sometimes in edge. So I don't think it's totally off the table, like you said. I think there are some principles and tools from it that can be helpful for some people in some situations, but just don't get sucked into the the misguided, I would say, maybe misinterpreted research that shows that it's favorable over having some carbs because it's just not. Yeah, and I always have a hard time speaking on the cancer piece because I feel like there's just so much research and, you know, what what we want to hear is a cure, right? And, you know, even though they find keto may be advantageous for pre-existing conditions, you know, I don't want to say you're not going to get it if you do keto, you know, and I, I think some of the big keto pushers out there are kind of setting that narrative. It's really dicey. Well, and they get it from the fact that cancer cells grow prolifically fast and sugar drives that. So, oh my gosh, sugar bad. But we also convert protein in our diets into glucose, which feeds it and so forth. And so again, just like some of the current research is, is showing, there is a line and just getting rid of processed foods, crappy foods, sticking to whole foods. And as I said, preferentially, maybe you do like a little bit more fat in your diets and you brought up digestion. Maybe you can't digest all of that carbohydrate. We're going to talk about low fat diets in this series. You know, maybe, maybe it's fine for you to get more of a 33, 33, 33, or at least some kind of a more balanced approach. It doesn't have to be just super, super low carb versus super low fat. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, let's, uh, we're going to take this particular topic, spin it with a little nuance and talk about uh, paleo and carnivore next. We'll see you next time.